Hi, I'm Tiffany Patlin, host of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I discuss tools, tips, and techniques to heal your mind, body, and soul. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. Everybody, thank you for joining me today for episode 48, where I want to talk to you about how to show unconditional love to your children. Now, my definition of unconditional love is pretty much to, to love without conditions, <laughs> right? So that's my take on it. Now, the dictionary definition is to is affection felt for someone that is not dependent on certain qualities or actions. So mine is pretty much the same thing. That was just a little bit in more detail. Now, I want you right now to try something with me. Think about somebody that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you love unconditionally. Now, once you have that person in your mind, I want you to answer this question. How do you show this person unconditional love? Now, this is a very, 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 very serious question. And the reason why, and I'm being completely transparent here and open and vulnerable and honest. And the reason for that is because I really want to help everybody else out there. So those of you who may have watched my very last episode, episode 47, would learn the story about my son, my 15-year-old son running away from home and how I experienced all of these feelings and thoughts and emotions that I just was not, I was unqualified, I'm unworthy, all these things, I'm such a failure. And you know, that's usually what happens, right? But the important thing is to not live there and to rise above it, which I did. A week went by. And then my son ran away again. He did this on Monday morning. So if you can imagine, it's been a whirlwind, but I finally got down to the bottom of it. I finally got down to the root cause. Um, there was another older girl that's been in the, the picture. And unfortunately, this child is mentally ill and she has some things in tragic past. So is her mother. So there's a lot going on there. And my son has such a big heart. And all he wanted to do was help them. And instead of being friends, tried to develop a relationship. And this girl's older than my son. Uh, this should not have been happening and going on. That's why it was done secretively. Uh, there's a lot of things there. But getting back to the topic at hand, when I really dug deep with my son, what I discovered is that, of course, I love my son unconditionally. I love him more than anything. That's why I do everything that I do. Every decision I make in my life is for my children. Um, I get up and go to work every day here at home. I know it's in my basement, but still, like, it's my time and my energy to put into work. I make sure there's always food in the house. You know, I cook, I clean. Um, my son helps me out a lot with stuff, too. I, um, 
you know, I teach them, I guide them, I homeschool them. I make sure my son has um, friends and people to talk to. So, you know, all the things that a loving mother who unconditional, who loves her son unconditionally would do, but there was something that was missing and I was oblivious to it. You know, I know a lot. That doesn't mean I know everything and I'm a human being. I'm not perfect. No one is. And so I had to give myself some grace here, but I had, you know, I'm a coach. Okay. I'm a health and wellness coach and I help other women, you know, break the chains of generational trauma so that way they can give their children the best by being their best. And that's something that I have actively been doing. And I aim to do that every single day. Every single day, my goal is to be a better mother today than I was yesterday and so forth. And in order to be that kind of mom, it's important that I am open-minded, that I am willing to look at other lenses, other glasses, if you will, um, other than my own. Because when you're in it, in a situation, when you're experiencing something, you can only see from your perspective. And my perspective, I do everything for my kids. I go above and beyond. I'm, I'm, I am a good mom. I, I do this and that. I, I rose above my past. I'm, I'm a better mother than mine was to me. I'm, I'm doing all these things. But if you're loving somebody unconditionally, but you're not and indirectly, I've been loving, I've been loving my children unconditionally, indirectly. Does that make sense? Meaning I buy food for the house and he eats it. That's indirect, right? Um, I go to work and everything and I do stuff and because I want to support my family and love them and, and all this stuff, but it's indirect. Where's the direct show of conditional love? How was I showing my son unconditional love in a direct way? That's the missing piece. And when my coach, because coaches need coaches, a good coach will have a coach because that's a sign of their continual desire to improve. So my amazing, wonderful coach shared something with me. And that's something that I learned. It's one thing to love unconditionally, and it's another to show it. And I'm talking about directly and indirectly, because you can do all these things indirectly, and you're thinking you're doing a great job. You're being a great mom. You're doing this and that for your children. It's gravy, right? But if your children are not feeling it because it's indirect, if you're not showing it to them, then it's not direct and it can, it can take a toll. And that's what happened to my son. It felt like somebody punched me in my gut when I, that light bulb went on for me. Because I'm over here thinking, I'm doing all these things, I'm blah, 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 this, that, and the other. What the heck? Like, duh, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And I'm banking on the fact that I'm not the only one. And that's the reason why I'm willing to be so transparent, open, and vulnerable. Um, I can look at it as being embarrassing and, and all those things. That's not helpful. Whatever. This happened for me, not to me. That's also a choice to look at it in that way. And when we choose to look at situations that they're happening for us, not against us or to us, and that there's always a positive lesson to learn, it basically helps you to be that much better off. And so that's what I'm choosing to do. And now that I've learned this lesson, I'm sharing it with you. Because if you have 
if you're a mom or even just a parent and you notice that there's things that you feel like you're not getting and you're bumping heads, it could very well be because you're not feeling the love. Your parents are doing all these things for you, but if you're not feeling it, if you're not getting it and receiving it directly, then then that's a problem. For all I know, that lack of providing that for my son could very well be why he was pushed into, if you will, the arms of an 18-year-old girl, you know, who's, you know, she's mentally ill and, and I pray for her. I was angry. I was so incredibly angry, like any loving mother would. But then I learned that she's mentally ill. And with that comes compassion because I know what it's like to be mentally ill. I know what it's like to be ruled by your depression, your anxiety, not having control of your thoughts. I mean, we have 6,000 thoughts a day. If you're not practicing that, um, um, your management of your thoughts, then you're going to have problems because your thoughts are ruling you and you are not in control. So I understand. And I know that they feel like they were doing right. I believe that they feel like they were doing right. But what they did was wrong. It's actually a crime. I mean, a girl who's 17 about, she's actually going to be 18 today, I found out, um, should not be sending um, sexy images to a 15-year-old kid, uh, especially if they're mentally ill. They have no business being in a relationship. I mean, this is something I share with adults um, because I've been there. Um, when you are mentally ill, the best thing that you can do is start pouring all of your precious energy into yourself to heal. So you can eliminate those symptoms of mental illness, like depression, anxiety, PTSD, OCD, the need to control everything. Um, there's so much. And when you start healing, those symptoms start to lessen. Some of them can even disappear altogether because you identified the root cause and you started healing. Um, remember symptoms. I always say this symptoms are a clue. They are a clue to something. So if you follow the breadcrumbs, you know, you follow the trail back to the root cause, then you can start the healing process. And then everything that stemmed from that will be healed, will be lessened, will disappear. It's different for everybody. That's why I'm saying an array of things because it looks different for everybody. And this is, you know, specifically in regard to people that, that have experienced trauma in their past. Um, so I realized that I wasn't showing my son that that love. So, and then I started realizing why, why have I not been doing that? The direct unconditional love. And I know the answer. It's because by 14 years old, I was already on my own on the street. You know, my parents were not taking care of me. My dad had his new wife and he was building a new relationship with her. And he had my two younger brothers. They were starting a brand new life. My, my poor mother was so mentally ill. She was drowning her sorrows in alcohol being promiscuous, just being a party animal, trying to numb herself. I've been there too. So I, I get it. You know, um, they didn't give me, they weren't showing me that unconditional love. My dad did get up every day and go to work and provide. He did that. But as a kid, I didn't look at it like that. I didn't feel that. I, now as an adult, I can look back and say like, oh, my dad did that love me. That's why he got up every single day and went to work. That's why he bought food. That's why, you know, there's things. And I'm like, wow. And it's, again, it's like a slap in the face of reality. And then I was like, wow, okay. So I know what I haven't been doing. I see what my son needs that I haven't been providing. I can't believe it, but I know why. I understand why. So now what do I do? I need to start 
showing my son unconditional love in a direct way that he can feel. So how do you do that? And I'm, I was embarrassed to admit this because I'm like, I was even crying when I shared this with my husband. I was like, you know, I don't know what unconditional love looks like. Like, like, what does it look like? Like, um, directly. And I keep saying that because I, it's important to understand that as a parent, we think we're doing all these amazing things for our children. How can you not understand that we love you kind of thing? Right. But it's because it's indirect. So it's hard for them to feel it. Like the example I gave to you about how my dad went to work every day. He did that because he loved me and he cared for me, but I didn't feel that it was indirect. Had my dad come up to me and hugged me more often or asked me how my day was because I did not get that from my father. He just simply didn't do it, probably because he didn't experience that in his childhood. His parents didn't model that for him. I'm not sure. Um, but I know for me, I understand why. And now I'm learning how to do that. So it was important for me to share with you. If you're in this position, if this resonates with you and you're like, wow, oh my gosh, Tiffany, that's me. I'm right there. Help me. Okay. That's why I'm doing this episode and I want to help you. So there's so many ways that you can show unconditional love. I kind of already touched on a couple. Me, little, young, Tiffany, I would have loved it if my dad were to have simply came and sat down and talked to me. Because when my dad got home from work, my brother and I were already out of school. We'd be sitting in the living room watching, trying to watch TV. My mom would be cooking dinner. My dad would come home. And what he would do is he would snatch the remote from my brother's hand because my brother always controlled the remote. I never got to watch what I wanted. But my father would come and just snatch the remote out of his hand, not say a word. He didn't say a word to us. He would just do that, sit on the couch with his beer, crack it open and watch his favorite show, MASH. I don't know if you guys remember that show, the most boring, boring show in the entire world. <laughs> At least I think it was. Um, it's about life in the army and my dad was in the army. So I think that's why, you know, he liked that show and it was supposed to be a comedy. I, whatever <laughs> I did. It was not my fave by any means, but that's what he would do. No attention, no affection, no interest in my day, nothing. So all of that, the opposite of all of that would have made me feel as if my father loved me. So there's that. Um, and then I have 10 other ways to show unconditional love. One is to put your needs aside to focus on their happiness before yours. Now, this I feel is a loaded tip, if you will, because I feel, especially for mothers, we are always putting ourselves last and we're putting our husband, our partner, our children, everybody's needs before our own. We always do that, <laughs> right? But when it comes to something like this, showing your child unconditional love, like my father, what did he want to do? He wanted to come home and watch TV. Well, maybe if he focused on what I needed, my happiness for just a moment, not saying he couldn't watch what he wanted, but maybe had he thought about me and my needs, maybe just maybe he would have wanted to hug me. Maybe just maybe he would have been interested in what I was going through that day. Just, just maybe, I, I don't know. Cause it didn't happen for me, you know, but don't think that this means that we're supposed to be put less because we aren't, we deserve to be poured into too. This is just 
you know, when it comes to you dealing with your child directly, if, if there's a choice between uh, you guys are going to go watch a movie, um, don't choose what you want, you know, let your child pick, you know, there's, there's ways to do that. So if you have any questions about that, by all means, drop them in the comments. I'm happy to answer that for you. Um, tip two, how to, you can start showing unconditional love is to be patient with others. Now, I know I'm, I'm guilty of this in the past. It's something I've gotten a lot better with, but us moms can easily <laughs> get frustrated with our kids. And you know why I, I believe is because we have expectations, right? We expect our kid to listen to us. We expect our kid to clean their room. We expect, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, we're all different, but they're more or less the same, right? We have expectations of our kids. And if they don't do what we expect, sometimes we can get a little crazy. <laughs> and I get that. But our children are still learning. Teenagers have a brain. Their prefrontal cortex is undeveloped. It's not fully developed, developed. So simply understanding that just may help us as parents understand that, hey, my 15-year-old kid is just that. He's still a kid. His brain is not fully developed. Just because my son is taller than me, has more muscles than me. I mean, he could beat me in arm wrestling. I mean, he's, he's about to be a black belt. He's been in karate since he was, what, two, three years old. All these things, that doesn't mean he's an adult. He's not an adult. Those are the facts. His brain is undeveloped. He is still growing. Just because he's big and tall, he still needs love and affection. He still needs hugs. You know, he still wants to be a child and he deserves to be a child. That doesn't mean that he gets to wake up in the morning and watch cartoons and eat cereal and do whatever he wants. No, of course not. But I think sometimes as parents can put a little bit too much heavy expectations on our children. And that is not fair. Children should not feel stress, you know, from homework or household chores or our expectations. They don't deserve to feel that pressure. They are, they are not an adult. And when a child becomes 18, they are still not an adult. They're still a child. I think the brain doesn't completely form until you're about 25 years old. So just because society says that your 18-year-old is an adult doesn't mean that they are mentally prepared nor equipped with everything they need to make all these adult decisions. They still need us as parents, um, but they still need that direct love and um, just simply being patient with our children and lessening those expectations, understanding that they're still a child, even though they look really big <laughs> and, they, and we think they're like little mini adults, they really aren't yet. And I think that was a, another important lesson for myself that I needed to learn. And this is good because I have two little ones on the way, one's seven and one's five. So my, this son has definitely helped me learn a lot of lessons and to become a better mother. Uh, tip three, how to show unconditional love is to be encouraging. So how to encourage your children, be their biggest fan. If your child is interested in something, be interested in it. You know, hear what they have to say. <laughs> now, I, I chuckle because my son wants to be an engineer. He loves taking things apart and putting it back together. He created a, a motorized a scooter for himself. He's always buying these things, doing this vault, these wires these like it's not my jam i i'm pretty talented in a lot of areas 
I do not like tech. <laughs> tech is no way. Um, when my, my son will show me something and he'll say, Hey mom, I made this from this and it can do this. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. That is so good. I'm so proud of you. I love that you love this stuff and that you know about this stuff. That's great. But then the next thing that my son does is he'll start trying to explain to me. <laughs> he'll say, Oh yeah, this voltage and this wire. And I did this circuit. And I'm just like, like my eyes glaze over. They really do. I look like a deer in headlights. It's like nails in a chalkboard because I don't understand what he's talking about. I'm not comprehending any of it. It's like he's speaking a foreign language to me and he'll even sit there and look at me and he's like, I lost you, didn't I? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I'm sorry. I don't know this stuff. Ask me anything about math. Ask me stuff about healing from trauma. Ask me about um, uh, graphic design. You know, ask me about all these other things. <laughs> Just don't ask me about that. You know, so it's important that he has people around him that can show him that love that are actually interested in those types of things because it's just not my mommy's forte. Um, but I still encourage him. I still let him know how proud I am of him. Um, I still, you know, tip for us to show strong support. I show him support in the things that he loves and that he cares about. Um, another way to show support is, you know, just simply letting your children know. Like, when is the last time that you looked at your, your kid in the eye and told them that there's nothing in this world that you could ever do that would make you be unworthy or a disappointment to me ever? Now, you may make choices that will cause me to be disappointed in the choices that you made. I will be upset, angry, scared, depending on what it is but I will probably pretty be pretty disappointed in the choices that you make, but I will never ever stop loving you. That's unconditional love and showing support. Strong support is just always being there for your child, reminding them that they can come to you with anything and that you will not judge them and that there's nothing that they can share with you that is going to change that. Children need to be reminded. Again, remember, their brain is still growing. So that's why uh, I think as parents, we have to repeat ourselves. I think the sooner we accept the fact that we just need to constantly remind our children, <laughs> the less stressed we may be, right? <laughs> um, tip five, how to show unconditional love. Listen without interrupting. It's actually also a form of respect. When you're able to sit there quietly and look at the other person in their eye and give them your undivided attention, that is a way to show unconditional love. You're showing them respect, that you respect them as a, as a person. Because even though they're, they're children, they are still a human being. They're still an individual. They are their own person. You as a parent expect your child to listen to you, right? They want the same thing and it's understandable. And so when we can be quiet and give our child a voice to be heard that deserves to be heard, it actually also builds their self-esteem and it builds their communication skills as well. You're teaching your child how to listen themselves and give somebody else the floor and that respect to say what they have to say. And, um, you know, listen to hear, to see what you can get from what they're saying. Nothing wrong with asking questions. Asking questions is how we learn. 
But I think that's a big one. Listen without interrupting. Because a lot of times our ch children will start to say something. And I know my my amazing, wonderful husband will cut them off and start saying something. And I'm, I'm over here like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ashton, what were you saying? <laughs> like, like, I want to give him that opportunity to continue saying what he had to say. And as parents, I know it can be hard, especially if something triggers us or we're like, what <laughs> kind of thing. But just try that. If you don't do that, I encourage you to try that. Just try to let your children speak and hear what they have to say. And then when it comes to you responding, try not to do that with judgment or how dare you. You should have done this. You shouldn't have done that because that just makes them, you know, and I, I just, well, the people who are listening can't see my face, but it brings them down. It makes them, you know, sad. Who knows what other thoughts they're creating and developing in their little mind, you know, and they're, they're probably not good ones. They, it could very well be unworthy. They don't care what I have to say. My voice doesn't matter. I mean, it could create a slew of things just by simply not letting your child speak and um, interrupting them. So there's that one. Um, and and these, are, these are really, really important tips. That's why I'm sharing them. Um, so another number six is to praise your children. Um, that can look different for everybody. And it's important to learn their love language. I'm sure you've all heard of that book, the, the you know, with the love languages. And there's actually a quiz that you can take and there's one that children can take. So you can learn your children's love language. So let's say, like for me, I love quality time and affection. That's me. Those are my top two. My son he, the last time he did it, we got to do this again. But the last time he did it, I remember acts of service was one for him. And I thought that was odd, but you know, we're individuals. So for him, buying gifts for him actually makes him feel loved. It doesn't do that for me. My husband gets me a gift. I'm like, oh, that was so sweet. That's nice. Thank you. You know, kind of thing. But what really fuels my heart is if I get to spend time with my husband, like if, he and I get to be alone, maybe enjoy a glass of wine, uh, some, some a cheese board, watch a movie. Like that blows a gift out of the water for me, but that's just me. I can't expect my son to feel loved in the way that I feel loved. So I have to learn his love language. This way I can make sure he feels loved. What does praise look like for him? You know, how does he best receive praise? Is it a gift, a congratulatory gift? Is it singing a song? <laughs> is it clapping? Is it like, what is it? You know, like, is it just simply saying, giving them your undivided attention and looking at them and saying, I am so proud of you. You just make me the proudest mom in the world. I can't believe that, you know, or maybe, maybe that's not even a good one, huh? Saying, I can't believe, you know, just saying what you did was absolutely amazing. I am so proud of you. Like we got to be mindful of the words that we use because just one word, one wrong word can be mis misstrewed and then it goes in their head. And pff, so be mindful of the words you use when you praise your children, but also try to figure out what is it that makes them feel praised the most. Um, and number seven, this is an easy one, but I feel it's one that we as parents do not do is hug them, hugging your children. Your children should receive a hug for you at bare minimum once a day, at least 
Now I'm referring specifically to your teens. My little ones, I don't, I, 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 I've lost count how many times I hug them a day. My teenage son, I can admit, I do not hug him nearly as much as I do my, my little ones. That's a problem. And I'm making that change. At, I mean, I'm not going to be like, oh, I need to hug my son at least once a day. No, that's not how I am choosing to look at it. I'm choosing to look at it as he's still my kid. He's a little older, but he's still my kid. He still wants his mommy. He still wants to be nurtured. He still wants to be hugged, you know, and all these things. And again, I know why I wasn't doing it. It's because I didn't receive that as a child. So I didn't realize that I wasn't even doing that. I didn't realize how it was indirect and direct. Like I just simply overlooked that little piece. And I'm so grateful that I've learned my lesson because now guess what? Oh, he's going to be overly showered with love now. <laughs> Direct love. You know, all the indirect ways that I loved him are still going to occur, right? I'm still going to buy food, still going to support him, all these things. But the showing, I'm going to break the cycle. That's another chain that I am breaking because my children are going to learn not only how to love unconditionally, but how to show it. So that's what's going to happen in our household. Number eight is to respect their alone time. Now, this is another one. Children, this is my personal opinion from everything I've learned up until this point in my life. I don't think that it is safe or healthy for children to be alone in their room for a long period of time. That's a form of isolation. That's not healthy. Now, respecting somebody's alone time is healthy. We do deserve privacy. We do deserve to have, um, you know, a moment alone. And so do our teenagers. Remember, they're growing, they're learning, and we need to guide them, let them know. Sometimes it's, it's good to be alone, you, you know, decompress, re recoup, this, that, and the other. But to spend long periods of time alone, secluded in your room, doing God knows what, searching and looking online at God knows what, thinking God knows what. I mean, and there's so many things. And knowing that our teenagers' brains are not completely fully developed yet, that's a little scary. That's how you see teens all the time. Their parents tell them, don't do this, don't do that, don't talk to strangers, but they're still doing it. They give out their address. These people show up, these pedophiles. It still happens. Not only that, I hate to say it, but there's porn. There's um, stuff that children shouldn't be looking at. Um, there's just a lot of ugliness in this world. And as much as we try to, you know, protect our children from it, it's still, they can still see it. Um, what thoughts are they experiencing in their head? Are they being tormented? Have they developed a mental illness that you're unaware of? Cause that, that can happen. And that does not make you a bad parent. It doesn't. It's just, how can you identify or know something if you yourself were never taught or never experienced it? So if that's you, please give yourself grace, know better, do better. That's, that's my motto. Once you know better, you start doing better. I know it stings when you realize that there's something that you weren't doing that you should have been doing as a parent, but don't live in that. Don't, don't sit there and continue to be burned. You don't deserve to be burned and experience the agony. You know, it's like, darn it. There's something else I missed. I'm going to do better. Learn about it and just start doing better. That is, you can learn about anything in the world, but if you don't take action, then nothing's going to change. So know better, start doing better. And that's it. Um, number nine is honesty. Obviously it's wrong to lie. It's a sin to lie, 
Um, lying creates so much havoc. It's just, there's nothing good about lying. And if one of you is thinking, oh, but there's white lies. I'm sorry to tell you this, but lies do not come in different colors. They don't come in different shapes or sizes. A lie is a lie. So um, be honest with your children. Do not lie to your children. Now, I know there's certain things and topics where you're like, oh, you really want me to tell my child the truth about this topic? Really? Like, no. What I've always done that might help you is I would always tell my children a version of the truth in a way that they can understand. For example, my little ones, how are babies made? I'm not going to sit there and get graphic and, and, and tell my children how babies are made in that way. No, I give them a version of the truth that they can understand. Being so young, what I explain to them is that when a man and a woman love each other, they get married, and then the man gives a woman his seed, and then a baby forms in their belly. Ta-da! And that's kind of my explanation of what I mean about be honest with your children at all times. And if there's something that is too mature for them, give them a version of the truth. This way, it's not a lie. And what I just described, it's not a lie. I just didn't get so graphic and detailed telling them all those things that they do not need to be knowing about right now, <laughs> not at seven and five years old. So um, you're welcome to practice that in a way that works for you. And last, but definitely not least, is do doing things for them, doing things for your children. And I think this is huge for teenagers because you know, again, we think, oh, our teenagers, they're old enough, they're mature enough, they can make their own food, they can drive themselves there, they can walk there, they can, they can do all these things, right? So I don't have to do it anymore. Well, what I just recently learned is, sure, my son is so capable. He could do, he can help me around the house, he could do so many things. But what I realized, because my son is, brain is not fully developed, he cannot handle things that an adult can, even though we think that they because of how they look, because they're grown and, and, and this and that. But it's it's wrong. It's not correct. And I witnessed this, I experienced this firsthand. Um, so as a mom, my son still it, he feels loved when I make him food. So if he's always making food for himself, I'm missing out on that opportunity to pour that unconditional direct love into my son by simply making him a plate of food. And it's simple, right? But that's a simple way to show your child love. You know, especially it's like a, a kind of like a known thing. It's like a love language for some women, some moms. Um, cooking for other people is a way that they show love. And so if you're good there, good for you. But those of you who aren't, you know, if you're not a cook, if you don't know how to cook, you're not a good cook, that's okay. Maybe learn what their favorite meal is. Maybe let's just say it's lasagna. They say your son's favorite food is lasagna and you don't know how to cook. Well, guess what? Go learn how to make lasagna. I'm not telling you to go to culinary school, but if it means that much to your child and it's just a simple way to show your child how much you love them by learning how to make lasagna and that's what you make for them, why not? Because that's what we want, right? We want our children to feel loved. And if that's all it takes, so be it. And that's just an example. There's other things you could do for your children. Um, some kids still want that affection and that touch. So what can you do? Can you massage their shoulders? Can you scratch their back? Can you fondle their hair? I know some boys are like, don't touch my hair. My son's like that. <laughs> you know, but there's things that you can do. You know your child best. Uh, learn what matters to them. What, what you know, just makes them feel super duper loved. 
and just start doing those things for them. And these are all the ways that you can show unconditional love to your children. So I really, really hope this has helped you. Um, I'm going to be making changes as a mom to be a better mom. And I just hope that your takeaway is that you found holes, maybe holes in your parenting, blind spots that you haven't seen before. So that way you can start pouring unconditional love into your children directly as well as indirectly. And if you would like to learn more about how to heal any of your past trauma, if you want help with your teen children, if you have questions, if you know you've experienced traumatic events in your past and you want to heal those parts to eliminate any symptoms of mental illness, if you just want to meet with me and get to know me and see how it is that I can help you, then I encourage you to schedule a complimentary call on my website at tiffanypatlin.com. Um, I also encourage you to subscribe where you can receive my tool of tears. Tears is an acronym. Um, and it's basically to help you identify areas in your past that could benefit from healing. And the beauty in this is once you heal yourself, you're actually healing your future generations, which has a positive effect on your children. So that's it for me. I'm signing off until the next episode. We'll see you guys later. Bye.